Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jeremy Jordan. He is Banksy, and we're ready for a game coming off a of bye week. But I'm not sure we look as ready as Connor Burns with some of the latest Warriors spring and summer gear. That dude is jacked. Look at that. Sun's out, guns out. That's what it's all about. And you and I are not ready for that. I am not. When everyone's like, dude, get your beach bod ready, I'm like, I got my dad bod ready. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't care. Dad bod for life. My summer bod is whatever bod I, I have when I take my shirt off in the summertime. That's as far as it goes anymore. Coming up, maybe Banksy will uh, take his shirt off. We're live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Got any questions or comments? Go ahead and throw those in there. Here's what's on the show. Second half projections. What's going to happen? Who, who are the Warriors playing? Do they have a shot at the playoffs? We'll break it down. Bailey Wilson, El Capitan, will join us from D.C. ahead of the Game with Old Glory, which we will preview. First time the Warriors have ever played out in D.C. We'll recap Week 10, preview Week 11. Our player profile this week is Tyler Fisher, and we will talk to the former Utah Jazz Baron, a guy who's helping out with the game day experience with the Utah Warriors, John Apsey. He's got some great stories. Great dude. Can't wait to talk to John. Loaded program. Okay, let's jump right into it with second-half projections. Eight games left. Obviously, the Warriors went two and six, 13 points. It's not going great. Sean Pittman was let go. They've got a lot of work to do. So four road, four home games. Top three teams in the league are in this conversation. Uh, two teams who haven't even won a game. Old Glory DC, one of them. So let's walk through this schedule as we look at it. Okay, so obviously Old Glory DC, Seattle at home, at New England, perhaps the toughest game in all of Major League Rugby, home to Rugby ATL, at Houston, home to Austin, who's playing great, home to L.A. at Dallas. Eight games left. What's your projection of what you think could happen here in the second half, Banks? I think having four out of the last five at home, or three out of the last five at home, is going to be massive for this Warriors as they try and make a run. Um, getting Seattle, Rugby ATL, Austin, and L.A. at home, might be just enough of an advantage if Dub Nation shows up and gets loud to pull these boys through to fight for that third spot. I mean, you look at this week at D.C., every game's a must win, but that's a very winnable game. Seattle has looked beatable, but they've also looked completely invincible. Free Jacks, top of the table. Rugby ATL, second in the East, but we get them at home. Houston always plays tough, and this will be a rubber match. The Warriors will want to get some revenge for what happened at Zions Bank Stadium. And then you get the uh, West leading Gilgronis and the second place team in the West, Giltinis, back-to-back weeks at home, though, and then a very winnable game against the Dallas Jackals to close it out on the road. I could see the Warriors really going 7-1 and one through this stretch. If I had to pick who that one was going to be, I don't know if I could do it on this schedule. It could be anybody. Right. And let's be honest. We're talking best-case scenario here. As right. currently constituted, the way the Warriors are playing – they're not going to go 7-1. They've got to change things, right? And and that is the plan. That is the plan. That is uh, what they worked on during the bye week. That is what they're going to try and figure out against Old Glory DC. This team is totally capable of doing the opposite. If they were 2-6, and six, they could go 6-2. and two, And it wouldn't be a shocker, honestly. Um, so that's what they've got to figure out. Yeah, I, as we look at it, it's like, okay, at DC, that needs to be a win. Seattle at home, um, you know, that that's got to be a game that it was competitive up there. You gotta you gotta take care of home field at New England. That of all the games feels like the most likely loss given the way New England's playing and the distance. Right, rugby ATL at home. That's a very physical team. That's going to be a tough game. Like if Vegas made odds, 
The Warriors would be dogs in all of these, right? At Houston, you can go and win that game. Austin at home. Austin's playing great. But last year, that was the most complete 80 minutes that Utah had. Can they can they do that again? LA at home. You've already won on the road. You've got that confidence. You beat them at home last year. And then at Dallas. So I could see a six and two scenario. My fear, Banks, is that six and two won't be enough. Let's walk through it. With 13 points, you've you've got to get into kind of this range. Last year, 47 would have points would have been enough to make the playoffs in the West. It needed to be 51 in the East, by the way, uh, for the third. We're talking the third. Only two made it last year. So you probably need to go 7-1 and one or 6-2 and two with a bunch of bonus points. It's a 6-2. Well, the wild card here for this Warriors team, and they were the number one team in the league last year, is if they do lose, can they scratch bonus points out of any of these games? Because I right. think coming down the stretch, that's going to matter. Where we saw it even last year with Austin falling just short behind the Warriors to make the playoffs. You know, there was less than three points in it. And really the difference maker that put the Warriors through was bonus points. So if they do lose a game, keeping it close is going to be crucial. They're going to have to play up to every single one of these teams and really uh, put their mark on this season in a pretty special way for this to happen for Dub Nation. And this is to make the playoffs. Again, usually the top two teams, top three teams now, the two and three play each other, the one has a bye. We're talking about just being third. Like, I, I don't really see a way where the Warriors are w- the one or two seed. Like, it would be the three if it happens at all. I mean, there's going to have to be some serious wand-waving magic uh, <laughs> if if it were to happen. You're talking complete and total collapses from these top-of-the-table teams for right. us to be able to catch some of these guys now. So, you know, it's going to take everything that the Warriors have to get it done and maybe a little bit of luck. I just went to Universal Studios last week. I could have gone to o- Ollivander's and got a wand. If maybe you should have. I didn't. That's my bad. Maybe I can just order one online. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be um, a certainly compelling last eight games. There was a change with head coach. Um, you know, there's a change in the lineup this week. Some guys are banged up. But they're mixing it up. The, this team's going to win. They're not going to go two and six again. I can all but promise that. Like this team is too good to do that again. But when you look on paper, the only games that like this team on paper against that team on paper are DC and Dallas the wins. It's gonna it's gonna take this team climbing out from we are not that team. We are a different team. So what do you what do you see on the pitch bank see that a little little change here or there will make a big difference? I really think it's just ownership by the players at this point. Like the X's and O's for this team have put them in positions to score tries early, to put games away late. Like they've been in the right position on the field to be able to scrape out a lot of these wins. But what's missing is that Mamba mentality, for lack of a better way to put it. You know, uh, Kobe kind of made that mentality famous. You know, MJ before him. The Warriors have to find that attitude. We've heard from Lance Williams and several other guys about going to a dark place. Well, they're going to have to live there for the next eight weeks to get it done. So that's that's the one side of that. The other side of it is I think there's going to have to be a change in strategy where they've kind of been playing with this mixed bag of, a Northern hemisphere style kicking game and wanting to play through the hands from any position in the field. Those two were complete opposite mentally strategies to have to wrap your mind around. So these warriors are going to have to be fearless and playing with the ball in hand from any position on the field inside their own 22 or, you know, being ruthless in the opposition's 22 to get wins. It's going to take a full pull 
from all, what have we got, 30 guys on the roster, all 23 guys on the game day roster to get this done. And it starts tomorrow night at Old Glory DC. We now welcome in the captain of the Utah Warriors, Bailey Wilson, of the program from our nation's capital in the DC area. Bailey, what's up, man? Hey, John. How you going? I'm I'm great. I'm great. Uh, how was uh, travel out to DC? This is the first time the Utah Warriors have ever played Old Glory DC on the road. Yeah, it wasn't too bad actually. Um, got up early this morning, so it's been been a long day. But um, now we're here. We're settled in and just yeah, ready to go. So uh, I know you guys just got done with uh, captain's run a little while ago. How's that going? How'd that feel with the boys getting your first hit out after the bye week? Yeah, it was actually great. Yeah, the boys were fresh. Um, we got out there uh, to Segrafield and uh, was short and sharp, and the boys looked on, and, and we're ready to go. Everyone's keen and ready to rip in. Certainly there's a lot of work to do here in the second half of the season, as we were just talking about. But uh, coming off a loss, you had to sit on that in a bye week. Uh, Sean Pittman was let go. So how is this team moving on? As you know, you've got a lot of work to do here in the second half of the season. Yeah, look, we just try to uh, reflect on the last eight weeks over the bye week um, and then just really look forward to the next eight weeks, you know, week week by week. Um, we just got to try to stay tight as a group, uh, just keep building, keep that chemistry getting tighter and closer and just, yeah, take it week by week. So talk about some adjustments since we've kind of seen the lineup. I don't even know if they've told you yet but it just got posted to Instagram a little while ago. Obviously, you know, the second row has been devastated by injury with Saya's shoulder, with Tree doing in his arm as well. So Yuri moves into the second row alongside Thomas. How does that affect the way you guys game plan now, having two very mobile second rowers? Uh, you're basically playing with five loose forwards now in that forward pack and, uh, you know, in a front row. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've also gone with a 6-2 split as well, so... Yeah, we're going to be very physical uh, tomorrow when we get out there. The boys are going to be looking to get some work in. Uh, a lot of touches early on from the boys, especially in the second row. Um, having that extra mobility there as flankers um, is just going to help us. And, yeah, we're looking looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be a great game, very physical one. And, you know, DC are a great team. They're going to put up a great fight. And, it's yeah, it'll be a good game. Talking to Bailey Wilson, captain of the Utah Warriors. Old Glory DC is interesting, Bailey, because you look and you see 0-9 – but, like, I look at that roster and I look at some of the games they play. They're a good team. I don't know how they haven't won, but uh, what has your attention from Old Glory DC? Yeah, definitely. They've uh, they've been putting up a good fight against a lot of teams. So, we don't want to underestimate them at all. Um, you know, they're going to be looking at us and where we're at on the table. And they're going to think um, they're going to be coming after us. So, we know that and we've prepared for it. We're ready for it. We've had a week off. We're, we're just ready to get get out there on the field and, and show what we can do. Sorry, boys. I missed all of that. I think I may have dropped out for a little bit, so I have no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> it was compelling and rich content about Old Glory DC. You're good. Okay, so last season, Bailey, this was a, a crazy game against Old Glory DC in the first ever matchup. Uh, you guys had to score a try late and get the conversion to win. What do you remember from that crazy night? Oh, man, yeah, that was – Mika Cruza, I think, ran in at the 80th minute. Um, and then I can't remember, Hagen Schulte or whoever kicked the final field goal. It was, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy game down to the wire. Um, very physical match. It was probably actually one of the most physical games we played last season. So I'm sure tomorrow's match is going to be very physical as well. Um, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a great game. It was a great game. 
Talk about some of the new guys that are on the squad uh, on the match day 23 uh, with Zion and a couple of other guys that could, you know, see their first minutes for the Warriors. How are those guys fitting in now with the game planning going forward? Yeah, look, I'm actually very confident. Um, the whole the whole team's very confident in these boys. They've been working hard all season training. Um, they know the game plan just as well as anyone does. So um, I'm keen to see how they go. I know they're going to go well. They're very eager and uh, and they're going to bring a lot of passion and enthusiasm. So we're excited to see how they go. Give us a sense of what some of the guys who are now getting more minutes, getting inserted in the starting lineup due to notable injuries. Obviously, Paul Asike had a pregame scratch, didn't make this uh, you know roster, and and Mika Kruse coming back. But like the readiness of the other guys who are itching for an opportunity here. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean they've been ready all along like it's a very physical game it's a long season so they know right from the get-go that they've got to be ready it could be week one that they're going to come in it could be week nine right it's they're ready and they're prepared and and we back them 100 percent. so you haven't missed many minutes all season long cap how are you feeling now after the bye week have you had a chance to kind of settle get some good food in you, get some time with the family. What'd you do in the off week to kind of recharge here at the halfway point of the season? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, up until the bye week, the body was very, very sore. Um, so thankfully that bye week kind of let me recover a little bit. Um, no, I actually didn't do too much over the bye weekend. I, I stayed at home, just got around the family, saw some mates and just kind of laid low and just hung out, recovered. Um, there's a lot of travel in this long season, so it was just quite nice to actually just have a weekend at home. Paul Mullen got engaged. That was like the biggest news of the bye week, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome for him. He's been, uh, he's been, yeah, boys have been waiting for him for a while to do that, so it's exciting. Has he Congrats. seen and gone on more hikes than even the Utahns on the team? <laughs> I think he has. He gets out quite, <laughs> quite frequently. That's awesome. I'm surprised I didn't run into him. I was in the same part of the world he was for the weekend we spent the weekend with a family down in Kanab, and i love the the cheek you know the the knee finally gave out he says yeah you know yeah. That's, that's the only reason he got down on one knee and, and finally put a ring on it good to see her make an honest man out of him i think is probably the right angle to take on i that agree with I, yeah i agree with you i agree with him <laughs> even hey, uh, with his new haircut yeah Right, which we've talked about with several players on the team and, and everybody about, like, uh, you guys have, like, a, a wheel of punishment or whatever, right? Um, you wore a dress coming back from a game this year, which was super fun. Maybe that was just a personal choice. I have no idea. Um, yeah, no, it was definitely the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, like, the weirdest thing on that, or, like, to you, the worst punishment for uh, one of the things that was yeah. a punishment? Um, there's a few interesting ones on there. There's... There's a dance video. Um, there's a solo song. There's, yeah, wear a dress through the airport on the way home. Um, it kind of depends on the person. Most of them are designed to embarrass yourself. Um, usually, yeah, usually to embarrass yourself or, yeah, some sort of punishment, which is, which is a good laugh for the rest of the team. So it's, it's actually great team bonding. So if someone else were to draw the short straw, let's just say one of the boys with a great head of hair, Mika, Mikey, Lance, you know, uh, Caleb, any of those guys, who's going to, who's going to, you think react the worst to maybe have it to get a new little fresh haircut? Oh, who would be, who would be the kiss yeah. of death 
to get the haircut? I think I think it would be Caleb. I would say Caleb. Really? I don't think he would. Yeah, I don't think he would touch his hair. There's a there's a few of them though. There's a few of the boys. So they have the opportunity to buy out um, where they can pay twenty dollars and and not spin the wheel, and that goes towards our end of year function. Um, and, and yeah, I think those boys will be buying out every single time because they don't want to take the ch- chances. Well, just for the record, <laughs> I ain't got it like that. So <laughs> listen, 20 bucks, 20 bucks is cheap. Like, tw- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's worth it for a, for a haircut like that. You'd rather pay the 20 bucks. So like all jokes aside, yes. how is, I know it's a big thing for accountability. Has it been fun having that kind of wheel? Not really of punishment. But just accountability for morale is something light to kind of, you know, recharge and kind of unify the locker room because everybody's gotten a piece of it at this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's huge. I mean, things like that, those little things that just can build the uh, build the the chemistry of the team and just get the boys around each other are just great. And yeah, it's it's awesome. It helps the boys be accountable. And then when they're not, everyone gets a laugh. So that's it's awesome. great. Okay, so th- this is the beginning of the second half of the season. You guys believe you're a playoff team. You believe you're similar, if not better, than the team that went to the playoffs last year. So eight games left. You certainly probably uh, statistically need to go like 7-1 and one or 8-0 and oh to make it happen. Obviously, it starts with one game. But what are some of the keys for this team to give itself a shot, Bailey, to get back in the playoffs? Yeah, look, um, firstly, I'd just say converting in the gold zone. Right, We need, need to be more clinical there. Um and then also just starting strong, starting fast. Um, you know, we're, we're renowned for being the comeback kids. But, um, yeah, it, it, it gets a little bit uh, little bit tough when you leave every game to the 70th minute to try and win it. So, yeah, we need to get on the board early and just convert when we're in the gold zone. I think if we can do that, yeah, I, I genuinely believe that we can make the playoffs. We can make a push for it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what we can do. So we see a lot in those final minutes. It's guys like... Mikey and Mika, um, you know, Caleb, guys like that that are interjecting themselves in those final minutes as leadership. Who are those emotional leaders on the field that in the first 20 minutes are going to get you guys gassed up and ready to go? Who are those guys that give the team the spark from the inside? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few different guys. Um, Lance Williams, I think, would probably be one of the first ones that comes to mind. Yeah, he really gets the boys hyped up and gets the energy going. Um, Mikey Taylor as well. Like when he when he talks, boys just listen. Um, there's there's a few of the boys on the team that that do a great job of just getting the energy going. Um, but yeah, we need we need all 15, all 23, to be to be exact. I love seeing Mikey come in, up in the scrum. Uh, or sorry, in the breakdown because then it's like, oh, he's getting antsy. He needs yeah, um, yeah. Which is which is always a, a telltale sign. Well, best of luck against Old Glory DC. Hoping for a, a win and uh, safe travels back home in a couple of days. Good luck. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Jam. Thanks, Banksy. All right, let's recap round 10. Warriors had a bye week, but let's talk about what happened. Toronto takes down Old Glory DC 32-27. Arrows nearly blew a 19-point lead, but we're playing uh, down a couple of men, and we're pretty banged up in this one. It was a good showing from the Arrows. They're finding their form in the East and making a challenge out of it. Don't sleep on Old Glory DC. They've been close in a lot of matches. Right? We'll talk about it in a little bit. New England squeaks out a two-point win versus Seattle. Six wins in a row for the Free Jacks. And another big win for the East over a Western team and a contender in the West. So a great showing from New England. 
Okay, Houston dominates a depleted Dallas team 31-6. to Dallas did not score a try on this one. Tough going for Dallas. They're still working on getting all the pieces right, and uh, they'll get it to click. You know, I, I would be surprised if they go winless for an entire season. Rugby ATL doubles up NOLA. Rugby ATL is yet to lose ever to NOLA. Five different Rattlers scored a try. Rattlers are looking like the Rattlers that the league is used to seeing fighting for a top-of-the-table spot in the Eastern Conference. Big game in the West goes the way of the Austin Gill Gronies, uh, who beat San Diego 35-21. San Diego led this game 18-10 at halftime, but a 25-3 second-half onslaught wins it for AG. Gil Gronies staying top of the table only just over there. I mean, I don't know if they're not teammates. They're not, I mean, they're league mates. Are they ownership mates? Bedfellows? <laughs> Dude. The, the teenies. The, yeah. different, the different gills. Yeah, different gills. What are they, fish? Uh, and L.A. beats New York 43 to nothing. Game-winning score happened in the 12th minute. New York uh, has never lost by that much. A thrashing and probably a statement putting the rest of the league on notice from the L.A. Guiltinis. And it's been super fun watching Oreni IEE play and really start playing into form again. The guy's looking like he's in peak physical condition, throwing the ball around for the L.A. Guiltinis at 42 years old. That's crazy. That's crazy. That'd be like if Tom Brady was still good. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Andy's back. Uh, Let's check out the standings. Uh, Austin, 33 points. They're plus four, uh, you know, in the West. Giltini's up there. Giltini struggled out of the game, but they're they're right there. San Diego in third. Houston on their tail, a point behind Seattle right there. And, of course, the Warriors in Dallas. You're looking at the gap there. Third spot is the magic number to make the playoffs, so. The Warriors have a lot of work to do, you know, 13 points behind San Diego right now for that number three spot. It's an uphill climb as we talked about. In the East, New England, playing like the best team in the league right now. Rugby ATL right there. New York in third. Toronto not far behind. And then Nola with 18. D.C. down there with five points, 0-9. We'll preview that matchup coming up in a moment this weekend with the Warriors. Loving to see the Free Jacks at the top of the table. They've really been the surprise of the league this year and playing fun rugby as well. Rugby ATL and, and uh, uh, New York, New Jersey, whatever you want to call them. Uh, playing good rugby, but they're all catching New England right now. Okay, let's check out round 11 in Major League Rugby. Warriors kick it off on a Friday night against D.C. We'll preview that in a minute. Uh, Arrows hosting the gold. Giltinis hosting Houston, who beat L.A. earlier this year, by the way. Seattle-San Diego, pivotal game in the West, and then another Texas Cup game between Dallas and Austin. Uh, if I'm picking these matches, you know, I'm going with a lot of the home teams there. You know, Toronto's going to have an advantage. Um, Dallas is going to struggle. I think Seattle's going to do really well. L.A., I think, has the advantage over Houston in that situation. Um, you know, it might be tough for the Dallas Jackals to scrape anything significant against the Gilgronis, but this is... An in-state rivalry game for them, so I expect they'll play up to that level of competition. Three Eastern teams have buys the other three play this week, so it's a lot of teams in the West playing. Okay, don't forget to register for our pregame Junior Warriors Clinics. I saw it firsthand with Ashley Burch. She does such a great job with it. Children ages 5 to 14 can learn the fundamentals of rugby from Warriors players and coaches before a Warriors home match. Registration, only 30 bucks includes a one-hour clinic, a Junior Warriors t-shirt, free parking, and two tickets to the corresponding Warriors home match. You might as well just do it for all the stuff you get, let alone the experience. Uh, Make sure you check that out on warriorsrugby.com to uh, get a part of the Junior Warriors clinic. 
Okay, let's preview the matchup with DC. Obviously, this is a game that Utah needs to win. They're 0-9, but it's Friday night, April 15th. Watch it on KMYU. Stream it on KSLSports.com and the Rugby Network. Listen to Ashley and Banksy on ESPN 700-960. Certainly, old glory DC, you stare at 0-9, Banksy, and you go, hey, that's a win. Utah's got to show up in this one because there's a lot going on with this team. We've seen the lineup as well. That man, Niall Saunders, not in the lineup. Paul Sike, not in the lineup. Jamie Lane, not in the lineup, right? There's some notable injuries right now. There's a lot of missing pieces and a lot of shuffling around. The depth in the back line is really showing through for the Warriors right now with Cliven Lobser out and uh, Mikey Tail sliding back to that 15 spot. But the big question is going to be, can this tight five, can that front row and second row with the pairing of locks, having Yuri Van Buren and Thomas Tuaval starting in that four and five position, really gel and do the hard, gritty work. Can those two uh, at four and five be the enforcers in and around the ruck to clean out the opposition loose forwards, to really set that platform to get the ball into our playmakers' hands? That's been the difference, I think, this year in the level of play we've been able to achieve, and it starts with that tight five work. Bailey Wilson talked about it. They got to start fast. Stop trying to come back at the very end, right? A uh, couple storylines in this one. Obviously, first game without Sean Pittman as the head coach. Looking to snap a three-game losing streak. And this is the first meeting in D.C. Because, as you may recall, as we talked about with uh, Bailey, crazy game last year in Harriman on May 8th where Utah won 34-33. It was a try by Mika Crusay and a conversion by Hagen Schulte that won it in extra time. Will that will it be similar this time? Hopefully not. I think these are both teams with a lot to prove, right? Neither team, I think, feels like their record is reflective of the way that they've played this season. I know for the Warriors, that's definitely the case. Old Glory's got to be feeling much the same way, getting a lot of their playmakers back now and healthy with some returns to the starting lineup. So this should be a absolute brawl for respect for dignity, if not for a chance to keep your season alive. Right? Yeah. Utah's got to have it if they have any shot, as we talked about. Like a 7-1 and one or 8-0 and oh back eight is kind of the only way that you make the playoffs at this point in the West. So Utah's certainly got to win this game. Okay, a couple players to watch. Oh, Threat Palama. What's up, homie? Former Utah Ute All-American. Always good to see him. Good dude. Corey Daniel had a couple of tries against Toronto last week. And then uh, Danny Tusitala is one of the best scrum halves in the league. The Kiwi Tusitala starting at number nine for Old Glory. The form of the team really runs through Danny. He's a scrappy player. He sees the field well, and he plays really quick. So expect for him to want to start quick and then get threatened involved. He's a big bruising center. You're talking about a guy that's played at the international level in rugby as well as, you know, uh, at in American football. So a ton of talent on that Old Glory side. But threatens re return and then the play of Danny Tusitala I think are really going to dictate how old glory DC run in this match it almost feels un-American to say that the Warriors are trying to go into our nation's capital and go get a victory you know what I'm saying insurrection we, we, yeah, we, we don't want we don't want uh you know anarchy here come on yes we do mass in this hysteria. game we do you're right dogs and cats live in this together. game we do complete and total chaos it's what yeah. we want only only Friday night George Washington you're going down bro <laughs> okay, South African center Tyler Fisher, a physical center for the Utah Warriors last couple of years. Been a staple among the backs last couple of seasons for Utah. Here's what his teammates and coaches have to say about him in this week's player profile. I think it's important to have guys like Tyler on the team because he represents those four pillars, right? 
Um, he's exactly what the Warriors stand for. And I think that's it's a huge thing to have someone like that on the team, to actually be able to live by those virtues as well and not just you know pretend to do it on the, on the, on the field. Being able to share the field with him is awesome. I mean, he doesn't get nearly the recognition he deserves. He, for the amount of work that he does, it goes uh, a lot of it goes unheard of. Um, but yeah, he's look, he's a great guy on the field and off the field. Um, if you need someone to get you game line ball, then he's the man to go to. So yeah, not, not enough good things to say about Tyler Fisher. Tyler's a special player. I think we go way back actually, um, playing under 20s against each other back in South Africa playing against each other a few times at age group level when he was at the Sharks and I was at the Western Province and it's just funny how we both managed to sign with the Warriors at exactly the same time without knowing and only finding out we are going to be on the same plane probably a few weeks after we talk to each other so yeah he's, he's a good guy he's fun to be around both on and off the field, is just an overall good person. Tyler as a teammate, he is probably one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Um, Fisher is probably one of my favorite guys um, just in that I've met in my life. He's loyal, he's always there for you if you need him. Um, he's also very funny. Uh, he seems a little bit shy when you first meet him, but once you get to know him and actually kind of peel through the layers, he's probably one of the funniest people I actually know. He's a comedian, one of the funniest guys I know. I think a few guys can vouch for it. So yeah, it's, he's always a good time to just be around. And yeah, very humble, just very humble discipline. Just a very nice guy. Tyler's, uh, yeah, he's always one to have a joke. He's, uh, he's a great guy if you want to have a good laugh. Um, he's just actually become a father now too, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, big congrats to him on, on his new little baby. Um, but yeah, look, Tyler's, Tyler's a great guy off the field as well. He's, he's a great player because like you said, he does all the dirty work. He's that go-to guy for if we needed a gain line, right? If we need to make gain line and, and get him past that, that point of contact. Um, so he comes off as this big intimidating guy, but on the inside, he's actually really just a good guy. And he's just, he's always there, like I said, such a great friend. I mean, there's been times that I've talked to him, you know, outside of rugby and just real life matters. And um, he's always there, always willing to give support, um, always offering a helping hand as well. And he definitely does deserve a lot more recognition than what he gets, um, just because of how much he does outside of rugby too. He's, he's developed into, I think, almost the best player he could possibly be. And it's, he's just getting better with time, actually. I think he's getting into his prime now only, and he's got a lot of freedom since he's signed here with the Warriors. And he's definitely expressing it every week, so it's good to see him enjoying himself. I would not want to tackle that man when he comes uh, storming down the sideline. That guy is such a rock in that center pairing for the Utah Warriors. Incredible on defense, covers two gaps like it's nothing, and then... You know, you run for 60 minutes and you get tired and all of a sudden you look up and here comes Tyler Fisher at 6'2", 6'3", probably pushing 240, 250. And you, your body just says no when that guy's running at your gap. There's just not a lot you can do. He's found some form with the ball in his hand again this year. So really good things happening for Tyler Fisher. I'm excited to see him continue his run. Had a really nice run against L.A. late in that game that helped in that win, which was awesome, especially at the end of the first half. Well, the Warriors Team Store has, has a ton of awesome 2022 gear. If you want all the latest, make sure you get it, including the new sideline apparel from Paladin. Get your hands on it by going to shop.warriorsrugby.com and make sure that you've got all the best kits in Major League Rugby. All right, we now welcome to the program perhaps the most acrobatic guest we've ever had, perhaps the most organized guest we've ever had. 
He's the former Jazz Bear. He's in the Mascot Hall of Fame. He helps with the Warriors game day experience, which has become one of the best in MLR, perhaps the best. Here's John Absey. John, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're great. Uh, great to have you on the show. Obviously, I've, I've been a Jazz fan for a long time. I know Banksy as well. Like, I, I didn't realize that you were the Jazz Bear, the guy that uh, just, like, revolutionized what the mascots did in the NBA, man. That's, I kept it really quiet. Banksy knows. I, I kept it really quiet about who I was and what I did and and uh, still don't really say much about it, but I, I'm definitely out of the closet now with that. So <laughs> we're definitely talking about that. So obviously in the two decades behind the mask and all the things that you've done, you made a lot of things iconic and every day that a lot of other mascots around the league copy. Talk about the work you're doing now with the Utah Warriors and Koa and recreating an entirely new icon for sports. Yeah, you know, um, first off, you know, uh, it's just been really fortunate and so much fun uh, to be able to uh, be part of the Warriors and the games and stuff, because that was one thing when I got done that I really missed was the the event side of things. You know, I, I love you can feel the buildup of the game when you go in and there's really nobody there. And then you see like the uh, staff start to show up and the ticket takers and then you'll see a couple people drip or, you know, drizzle in and then it starts to build. I just love that feeling to then all of a sudden it's kickoff. Um so that so I, I really missed it and I'm I'm really glad that I've been able to uh, be part of it and and uh, the thing that's really weird is and and I I don't, I don't mean to say that it's weird but like in sports like when I was doing sports you know our whole goal was to uh, distract the players make it harder for them to score and and you know be loud and it's 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 a different sport um, rugby. Now that I've been part of it, I've found is very traditional and very respectful. And, um, you know, it, it, it's going to take a little while to kind of massage it to see what we can do and what we can't do. But right now we've done more than um, any of the other rugby teams. And we were one of the first ones to get a mascot. Uh, we've been doing pyro with the players. Um, but we're constantly trying to figure out a way to get the fans more involved and, and have fun. Uh, while they're there. Um, so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been really interesting, I'll tell you that. So It's an awesome game day experience, and Warrior Nation shows up and shows out, and it's awesome. So what have you guys talked about in terms of trying to create a certain environment there while respecting sort of what you talked about, the tradition and the formality of rugby? Well, you know, we've we're, our big push is uh, making it a very family-friendly event. And to get it so that the crowd's involved. I think the one thing um, that professional sports, professional sport, sports, wow, especially uh, the NBA right now, they have pushed the players and the fans so far apart. They, they've just, there's no, there's just this big barrier. I remember back in the 90s, I remember the fans being able to come down to the court and the players would talk to the fans and I mean, there was kind of a little camaraderie there. And that's back when, you know, fans were real fans and it wasn't all corporate. Um, but now you have, um, you know, the, the, the players and the fans being separated. But now what we want to do is try and get the players and the fans um, so that that camaraderie comes back so that the players or the fans actually get to know the players. So they get to know the names and the faces of the players. And I think that will 
draw a crowd as well as uh, maintain a, a really big fan base. Because if you know who's playing and you've actually talked to them and shook their hands, you're a fan for as long as they're on the team. Amen to that. Yeah. And I love uh, with rugby, the interactions that the players can have, uh, you know, during the game, before the game, after the game, super, super, uh, you know, community based, which is super cool. Okay. What, what went into kind of Koa the Panther? You got, you got to come up with a, a mascot, right? And then you want that mascot to, to be on a motorcycle, right? Reminds me of the jazz bear in the finals against the bulls, wrapping it up, making it loud, right? No, we, you know, um, Koa has been a great, great addition and uh, being able, cause like, and I always said is like with the jazz bears um, mascots are that connection to the fans. And um, you know, that's where Co is. He's on the field with the players. He's in the stands with the fans. He's that connection. Uh, and you know, the whole thing with the motorcycle and, and, you know, last year we had a little mishap with the motorcycle. Do you remember that? Day? I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're learning, we're learning. And then we had another little mishap because we, this is back when we were learning and we had him, clapping making noise during a kick or a try whatever and and uh yep we got scolded for that one (laughs) so but no you know we're 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 trying a lot of new things um i know that tom and all those guys have been working really hard trying to create different fan areas and stuff like that but i i really believe um after this year we're going to have it nailed down to where you know next year you know, we know what we can and can't do. So, because I really feel like we're still dipping our toes in the water a little bit. So you and I have had some conversations on the side of the field and I have watched literally the wheels spin in your head trying to figure out A, how to zip line into the stadium to deliver the game ball (laughs) or B, whether or not you could skydive in and land in the stadium to deliver a game ball. Which of those do you think you'll manage first at Zions Bank Stadium as part of the game day experience? I don't know. I've pushed for both. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we've we've talked about, you know, getting a helicopter in, hot air balloons, skydiving, um, zip lining. I, I'm going to say zip lining just for the sheer fact that every time there's a game, we have a 400 mile an hour wind going east. So seriously. It's going to be hard for a skydiver to get into that stadium. I, I would be really shocked. Um, but uh, I don't I don't see Zipline and being out of the picture. I think we could totally do that. See? This is why I love John Abney. <laughs> because, because send it is the first thought. There's never the what, whys, or hows. It's how can we send it more than anybody's ever sent it. And then we'll figure out the details later. We'll get the details. <laughs> we got to make sure Koa lives through the zip line, and then we're good. Safety yes. third, you guys. Okay, what, what was your what was one of your favorite stunts as the Jazz Bear? Because like it was always so exciting. It's like, what's the bear gonna do? What's the bear gonna do? Oh man, that that one's. I had a lot of them. I, I really loved taking the sled down the stairs. Either that or the twenty five foot ladder. I had a lot of fun oh. when I was doing handstands on that. So. But, the big ladder, the the cake in the fans' face, the popcorn. I mean, there are so many ruthless moments. If I had a nickel for every face full of silly string that I've gotten in my time out of your little fanny pack as, as the jazz, you know, there's so many in the dozen years that I've known and been able to work with you. So many great things. And now, of course, between that, your experience with the arena football team, what do the Warriors get right 
that you've been able to lead with out of the gate as far as the fans game day experience? You know, um, what I think they get right is the fact that when you see these players come out on the field and they go out there and they get pummeled, they come off the field, they get bandaged up and they go right back in the game. And to me, that just shows how much heart a rugby player has because, and I've said this a million times, I bet you I've said this at every game because I see somebody get hit and I go, that would have put an NBA player out for a whole year <laughs> if they'd ever come back. I mean, I, that is one thing um, that I think rugby, especially the Warriors team, because I've seen them all take and give hellacious hits, come off, get wrapped up or go in the back and then they come running right back out and they're back in the game. And, and it's just, I love that because I'm kind of old school. I'm like the old dip buck kiss and stuff like that, you know, where you're just like, they're, they're bloody and beaten, but they're not coming out of the game. That, that to me, that's old school. And I love old school. And I, and I think that is definitely one thing they have is just that amazing heart. Can I tell you an old school story that you'll love? I don't know if you've ever heard the story of, and it's rugby fans are going to roll their eyes at me. The story of Buck Shelford, the, the famous all black was in an all blacks test match and got a cleat to the groin and tore the old bait and tackle wide open. No way. Went to the sideline, got stitched up, cinched up, pulled his dax back up, and finished the game with basically exposed anatomy. No way. So look it up for yourself. It's a pretty iconic hard man moment. He's one of the toughest guys to ever play the game, but... Buck Shelford, when you talk about like setting the bar for tough men in rugby, that's it. And I know our Warriors have it in buckets full, and we've seen it from so many of these boys of Dub Nation. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, I, I applaud them because, <laughs> I mean, I, I always thought I was kind of, you know, like, oh man, I took a bunch of hits and I didn't show it till I got off the floor, you know, and and ran into the training room and got stitched up. But man, these, these guys are, it's a whole different level. It really is. So what's the worst hit you ever took then as a mascot? I mean, an actual hit or just like a, the worst? What's the thing that the, the word, let, let's just say flat out injury. Cause I've seen you go down the escalators at the arena. Like you've jumped off a third. I mean, you've gone through the basketball hoop several times. Like <laughs> what's, what's the thing that took you the longest to recover from what hurt the most? You know, I mean, honestly, a, a lot of things happen. They happened in the moment. Um, and they don't really hurt until later, you know, uh, my shoulder surgeries took me the longest to recover, but the one thing that hurt the most that like, you know, took me a little while to get up off the ground from is, do you remember Luke Larson, my old assistant, Jared? Uh huh. So we were shooting a video and he had to drive at me with a car and hit me. And I was walking across and he was supposed to be the opposing mascot. And I look. And I get hit by the car and I hit the windshield and, you know, I slide off and, and we done it. We did it a couple of times. And I was just like, you know what? Cause when I was rewatching it, I was like, go faster. We got to make this look better. And he's like, well, how fast I go? I don't know. I go, just, just come at me. I go, I'll be okay. Well, he floored it and he, and it shows in the video. And that's the one we used. He hits me. I come flying into the windshield, smash the windshield, fly up <laughs> over the car. I hit the ground and I just laid there. And I remember they come running out thinking we killed him. 
that one that one hurt that one hurt bad oh my god i was black and blue and yeah so but it was good wow that's crazy we don't advise uh clicking on images with the buck story by the way i just want to throw that out (laughs) uh, just just google it but don't click the images if you don't want to well john we're so lucky that the warriors have you on staff uh to help on game days our next home game is april 23rd check out what john and his team are doing it's so fun Go find John. Go say hi. Go take a picture. And um, shouts out to the Mascot Miracles Foundation as well. Uh, yep. The work you guys do is unbelievable with the kids and and the experience that you give those kids and all the fundraising you guys do. Can't say enough good things about Mascot Miracles Foundation. And I know that's been your baby for a very long time, John. Amen. Nope. Yep. They're amazing. Okay. Well, John, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks. You guys are awesome. Take care, you guys. Thank you for having me on. All right, purchase your season tickets today. If season tickets aren't your thing, the Warriors are offering flex packages. Get your founding members package or new faces package as well, which includes a ticket to four Utah home games for as low as $52. Check it out. Call 801-477-7652. Our congratulations again to Paul Mullen, who got engaged to Danica Fisher uh, there in southern Utah, which is pretty awesome. Paul Mullen, tying the knot. Haven't seen a, a smile uh, uh, that big on Paulie's face since he was destroying scrums as a wee <laughs> lad on the islands of Ireland. That's awesome. If you haven't seen it, there's a documentary that follows Paul to his home island. I can't remember the name of it, but I watched it and I was like, this guy's awesome. Um, just like homemade weights, just making it work. It's amazing that that guy from that place has been so good, right? He's made such an incredible career of that and uh, super proud of being Irish, obviously. And representing the USA uh, as an Eagle, which has been super awesome for the Warriors as well. He's a super great guy, an incredible character, one of the best in rugby and one of the best that we've got in MLR as a person and as a player. So we're lucky to have him as part of Dub Nation. And everybody needs an Irish friend. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Like, everybody needs that. Okay, that'll do it for us. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. A Friday night game this week in our nation's capital. First ever trip out to D.C. Make sure you're checking that out on KMYU and seven ESPN 760, kslsports.com, the rugby network. It's going to be a good one. Our thanks to Bailey Wilson and John Absey. Today's show is produced by Billy Rathule with help from Mason Benson. For Banksy, I'm Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors!